now that we're going to talk about involuntary treatment. Those are words that we've been hearing a lot more of lately as we try to find ways to deal with our mental health crisis, our opioid overdose crisis, I mean, you name it. So the provincial government has announced that nurse practitioners will now have the authority to assess people in crisis for involuntary admission to a treatment facility under the Mental Health Act. So how will that work and what kind of a difference do we think this is going to make? Well, joining us now is Jennifer Whiteside, the Minister of Mental Health and Addictions. Thank you for joining us. Good morning, Simi. So what is this big change? What does this mean? Well, what this means is that um, uh, nurse practitioners, we've got about 900 nurse practitioners across the province, and we know that you know, many of them work in smaller, uh, smaller facilities in rural and remote communities, as well as, of course, uh, in, in larger centres. But the, the, the problem that we're trying to solve here is one that we've heard a lot of from municipalities in particular, um, who find that their, uh, their police officers get caught up uh, waiting in an emergency department to hand off um, somebody who's in distress, who's in crisis, who um, it needs an assessment uh, for admission under the Mental Health Act. They need to hand that person right now off to a doctor. And there are times when, you know, we know that our emergency departments are really busy. Uh, it may take some time for a doctor to be able to, um, to, to get to that patient. So this provides uh, us with more options. Um, so that if there's a nurse, nurse practitioner there, the nurse practitioner can take on that, initial, that role of the initial assessment, the initial admission um, under the Mental Health Act, uh, thus freeing up the police officer to get back on the street and back to, back to their, 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 the rest of their job. Okay, so when does this, uh, when does this take effect? Right, right away. There's uh, pretty much right away. There's, you know, there, there, there's some, some work that health authorities will be rolling out just around, around their, the, the internal processes, but it's, uh, it's effective from now. Okay, so th- how much of a difference do we think this is going to make? Well, really, this, this difference is really, really about that handoff um, period. So the, the objectives are twofold. One, it's to reduce the time that, um, that the individual in crisis is waiting for that assessment and to ensure that we get police um, for our, our police resources uh, out of that, out of waiting in that emergency room, and back out, um, back out onto into their cars and, and onto the streets. So, we we expect with, you know, I, I mean, it were, you know, we have a lot of nurse practitioners across the province. We've really dramatically increased um, that um, that occupation and those uh, that that uh, the, those those individuals who are working um, in our in our healthcare system. So, it will have. Uh, we're, we're certainly hoping that it will have an impact in in terms of those two objectives. Can we go further with that? Do you think is it possible? You talked about like smaller areas, rural areas. Mm-hmm. What about doing this kind of in our urban centers as well? Like, couldn't it make a difference in freeing up resources there too? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, where where there you know, wherever a nurse practitioner is working in an emergency department, they will have the authority to to, to undertake this work. Um, so uh, just the, the 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 link to more rural and remote areas is that we're often we see particular uh, you know particular challenges and, and staffing challenges in in some of those areas. So this will be, um, I'm hoping, a really welcome relief to sort of medium sized centers yeah. and, and and smaller centers. Because paramedics talk about this as well, don't they? About having to stand around and wait with with somebody. Yep, and sometimes that that's, those are for different reasons. Those are, you know, there's that the, they're needing to hand patients off to, um, to, uh, to to staff and EDs who can who can do the admissions and, you know, de- deal with deal with the assessments. It's a it's a uh, not completely a, 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 un- unrelated, but it's a bit of a different bit of a different issue there. Okay, will this require any more training? Do you think, or is this something that you feel like could have an immediate impact? Yeah, no, it will it will be immediate because you know we there's been. Um, uh, 
Health has conducted a, a considerable consultation with, uh, you know, with doctors, with nurse practitioners, the association, the regulatory bodies, and you know, uh, there, there's it, this is a, a really a, cha- a welcome change that's been asked for by um, certainly by municipalities and other partners, and everybody's on board with it. Um, it's it's within the, the the nurse practitioner scope of practice, um, so this is a this is a really appropriate. Um, you know, use of nurse practitioner skills. Is this one step, Minister Whiteside, because we keep hearing about the government getting ready to embark on a much bigger plan to deal with mental health and addictions in this province? Yeah, I'm, you know, I, I, I'd say that, you know, again, this particular regulatory change is really related to a, a very specifically defined um, um, problem around um, access and flow in our, in our emergency departments. Um, I'd say with respect to sort of, you know, larger issues, which our government has been working on since we were since we since our first mandate in 2017, since we developed uh, the Pathway to Hope, our you know 10 year plan for um, for mental health and addictions uh, uh, treatment. Um, you know, we we've been making significant investments in ramping up treatment beds, uh, ramping up counseling, investing in child and youth um, youth resources through our foundries, through our, you know, bringing in school districts through our integrated child and youth teams. Um, and there is no question that we have a really a, a rising tide um, of mental health concerns in our province, as, as many jurisdictions are, are experiencing right now. And there's that in addition to, uh, you know, a toxic drug um, crisis that, um, that that continues to really uh, to, to affect many communities. So those are very uh, very complex kind of kinds of kinds of problems that were that that are meant to be addressed by our investments in uh, in, in treatments and supports, as well as all of the work that we're doing on the uh, the toxic drug um, side to try to support people, keep people alive, so that they can get to treatment. Yeah, is there more coming on that front? Well, you know, we'll have a budget down next week and, uh, you know, that budget will, will demonstrate where our spending priorities are. Um, you know, I think Premier Eby has been very clear about what his priorities are. Um, you know, he's been clear in pointing to, you know, what we've done over the last, uh, the last several years and, the, and understands the real urgency that British Columbians feel around um, having uh, supports and resources available for people who are um, experiencing uh, experiencing. Uh, distress and crisis as a result of mental health issues and also substance use issues. Well, we'll look forward to that. Uh, thank you for your time. All right. Thanks so much, Simi. Bye-bye. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.